I'm Kiam Yaknatis. This is NPR's Book of the Day. Today's book aims to bring a new vividness and tangibility to the abuses of the criminal justice system. Redaction is a collaboration by poet and lawyer Reginald Dwayne Betts and artist Titus Kafar, and originally took form as a 2019 art exhibition at New York's MoMA PS1. Now, in coffee table book form, the work combines etched portraits of incarcerated people and poems created via redacted court documents. Betts and Kafar chat here with NPR's Juana Summers about the argumentative start to their project. This message comes from NPR sponsor LiveRight, publishers of Left for Dead. Shipwreck, treachery, and survival at the edge of the world by Eric J. Dolan. The true story of five castaways abandoned on the Falkland Islands during the War of 1812. Available wherever books are sold. This message comes from NPR sponsor REI Co-op. REI has gear, clothing, classes, and advice for camping and glamping, biking and hiking, axing and snacksing. Visit your local REI co-op or REI.com for the million and one ways to opt outside. I am holding in my hands a copy of a cloth-bound, coffee-table-sized book that its creators say is meant to be torn apart the way that, as a kid, you might have ripped full pages out of a magazine to hang them on the wall of your bedroom. The book is Redaction. It's a collaboration between poet and activist Reginald Duane Betts and artist Titus Kafar. Inside these pages, Kafar etches searing portraits, and they're paired with poems written by Betts that are based on redacted lawsuits. Betts, who is also an attorney, saw an opportunity in those words. So what I decided I wanted to do was turn it into a poem, and I wanted to use redaction as a tool of revelation as a tool to say something meaningful about what's there that you aren't noticing. Betts and Kafar's project first exhibited at MoMA PS1 back in 2019, but I wanted to know how they came to work together. And it turns out it started as a blind introduction at a dinner party. And it was one of those dinner parties where, you know, I don't know what your experience is like, but my experience is like living here sometimes. People are like, I have this friend that you really need to meet. And my first thought is they're black, right? Uh-huh. It's because you. It's because it's they're black. Like we're both black, so you want us to meet. And I was like, I don't want to go through this this situation at another party. But I show up, and I start talking to this dude, and like within minutes, we are arguing with one another, <laughs> going at it about about Ta-Nehisi Coates' book, Between the World and Me, and we we are definitely coming from different positions. We disregard basically everybody else at that dinner party. And the entire time, we just chop it up and argue this whole time about that book. After that engagement, I just felt like any brother that I can spend this long arguing with and still dap it up after at the end, yeah, we're going to be friends for a long time. This exhibition exposes harsh truths about incarceration. I asked Betts and Kafar what it was like to blend their two distinct mediums for this project into book form. Here's Dwayne Betts. You know, I'm a writer, and and my medium of choice is the book. And I think it made sense for us to create a book together, partially because, and I think Titus will talk more about this, but this is this historic notion of, like, really dynamic writers partnering with visual artists. But for me, it was partly because a lot of my folks couldn't go to MoMA. They couldn't go to PS1, and they couldn't come out here in New Haven to see this work that we created. And so I thought, you know, I was like, yo, we should do a book. 
And we feel like, and, and you'll see, we say this is the third exhibit of redaction. This might be the only time, <laughs> I'm probably being arrogant by saying this, might not even be true. But I think this probably is the only time in history where somebody said this book is an art exhibit. And when you pick this up, you are going to see an art show that otherwise you wouldn't be able to access. I like to think that life is, is teeming on every page of this work. I mean, I, I think about our moms coming to MoMA and just, you should have <laughs> seen them. You know, it was what like. What was that like? When our mothers together showed up at the MoMA and saw, you know, saw their baby boys like doing the show. It was, you know, one of the proudest moments for me. They chopped it up. They really enjoyed each other. And we decided to start recording conversations with our mothers talking about their son's work. Dwayne's mother reviewed um, my work and my mother <laughs> reviewed Dwayne's work. Although it's kind of unfair, though, you know, because they like, I don't know, Dwayne curses a lot. And you can't really... <laughs> You, but you can't really curse with colors, though. You know I mean? Oh, yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. We, we got to teach them that so that they got another vocabulary. Uh. I want to talk now about an example that starts on page 151, Redaction 3. When I look at it initially, the, the first words I see are the city of Ferguson and all of these thick black lines that obscure a great deal of the text. And I'm wondering if, Dwayne, I could ask you to start by just reading for us what we see there. In Missouri versus the city of Ferguson, the plaintiffs, people, jailed by the city. The city kept a human in its jail. The person pleaded poverty, held indefinitely, threatened, abused, left to languish, frightened family members could buy their freedom. Titus, talk about this from your perspective. I remember us taking the image of this boy and taking the images, the image of this older man and thinking about the imaginary relationship that could potentially exist between these two people, or as Dwayne said, the reality of ourselves as Black men in this world, as young men and what we look like and represent to the world and what we look like and represent as older men. Put those two things together on top of each other and you collapse time. And so I just want to pause a second just to recognize what Dwayne read here. Every time we go through this experience where he reads one of these pieces, I feel profoundly honored to be a part of this collaboration. What it takes to be able to take a legal document that is full of jargon and language and break it down to what is the experience of the soul is not an easy thing to do. It feels to me that it represents not just a telling of stories of people who have lived through incarceration and who have been involved in the system. It, it also feels like a call to action and a statement that the system does not have to look like and the experience of it does not have to feel like what it does. So I'd like to ask both of you, and Titus, I'll start with you. What do you hope people come away with after experiencing this third exhibition of your work? I don't know that I look at it that way. I want you to feel. It doesn't matter to me what you feel. I think if as artists we can somehow get people to feel, that's a powerful gesture in itself. You don't have to like what we do. 
So I'm more interested in what people come back and tell me that they did feel. What was your experience? I feel like at that point, once I finish the work, once we finish the work, once we put it in the world, then it's our obligation to be listeners and to hear what folks have to tell us about what their experience of the work was. Dwayne, what about you? These poems that I wrote particularly for this book, they were me trying to find an occasion to capture what it means to be beautiful, to capture what it means to be loved, and and to capture what it means to fixate on that. And I think when you read the poems and when you look at the images, you see that it runs the gamut. And it doesn't just run the gamut of the Black experience in America. It runs the gamut of the American experience in America. Like every poem, every poem, I, I, I find myself meditating on moments that bring joy, even if the backdrop of that joy is suffering. I want people who hold this in their hands to walk away with that. Reginald Dwayne Betts and Titus Kafar are the creators of Redaction. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Thank you. Oh, this was dope. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor Mint Mobile. From the gas pump to the grocery store, inflation is everywhere. So Mint Mobile is offering premium wireless starting at just $15 a month. To get your new phone plan for just $15, go to mintmobile.com slash switch. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture Card. Earn unlimited 2x miles on every purchase. Plus, earn unlimited 5x miles on hotels and rental cars booked through Capital One Travel. Your next trip is closer than you think with the Venture Card from Capital One. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com for details. Last year, over 20,000 people joined the Body Electric study to change their sedentary, screen-filled lives. And guess what? We saw amazing effects. Now you can try NPR's Body Electric Challenge yourself. Listen to updated and new episodes wherever you get your podcasts.